We are one church. We love God, love people, love his mission and love his church. Welcome to the One Church Podcast. Hello and welcome to the One Church Podcast. I'm Zoe and wherever you are today, we're so glad you can join us. Psalm 143 says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Today, remember that whatever's happened in the past, you can trust him with your future. And now we have part two of the Introducing Jesus series by Pastor David, recorded at our central site on Sunday the 12th of February. Well, if you're joining us on our podcast, welcome this morning. You are here at the first ever service at the One Church Central site, 9.30 in the morning, and it's absolutely dynamic. Everybody's looking so brilliantly put together, and you can't see any of that online, but here we are. And last week, we began our series on introducing Jesus by looking at Jesus. How many of you enjoyed Josh's message last week? Were you blessed by that? I'm so blessed to have so many brilliant speakers in the life of what we are. It's, it gives me such an encouragement. We, but we gave a clear opportunity throughout the morning for everyone to commit or recommit their lives to Jesus and choose to follow him and put their trust in him. And last week, uh, throughout all our children's groups and in our main hall, we saw over 40 children and adults respond to the message for the first time uh, or as a recommitment of their lives to Jesus. Come on, that's worth uh, a celebration. And today we're looking at a transformed life. What happens when we encounter Jesus and what happens when we continue to walk with him? You know, there's a process. Firstly, Jesus is introduced to our lives and there's a transformation of our heart through an encounter. But then we go through a process of Jesus being introduced to the whole of our lives and a transformation of our lives through a journey of discipleship. And alongside this, we reach others. And I want to talk to you about having a transformed life. Yes, an encounter, but how we walk out our faith and become more and more like Jesus. And I'm going to look at Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul and experienced an amazing transformation of his heart in a moment, but then walked the journey of a transformed life over a period of time. So we're going to read uh, from that. And uh, Matthew, come and read this Bible for us. Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, <laughs> so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Then Ananias, a disciple of the Lord, spoke to 
went to the house and entered it, placing his hand on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues, but Jesus is the son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who caused havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come there to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? I mean, what a story. What a, an amazing transformation of a life. Now, this is taking place maybe four to six years after the cross. And the, the church has been growing. There's been uh, different stories. And here we reach this point where Paul was completely lost. You know, he's breathing out murderous threats. And it's not just idle threats. He was there when Stephen was stoned. He was there giving his approval. He was, he'd gone to see Christians dragged out their houses put in prison or killed. Paul had an encounter. So he hears this voice. Who are you? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. I mean, what a moment. He had an encounter, but then Paul was transformed in that moment in his heart. He's blind for three days. He goes and has some training with the disciples maybe for four days. So seven days later, having come to pull Christians out of their homes and throw them in prison. He goes into the synagogue and preaches the gospel. I mean, what an incredible moment. And we need all of us a moment like that, an I am Jesus moment. For me, transformed in a moment, sitting in a room, a religious guy, I believed in God, but I didn't know him, sat in a room uh, with a missionary who led me to Jesus, and in a moment, something happened. And the next day, in a, a room like this, on the front row, filled with the Holy Spirit, weeping before God as a 19-year-old young guy. We've all got our story. We need our I am Jesus moment, where our hearts are transformed. But then, the transformation we need then is worked out over a whole life. It takes time. Paul's probably about 30 years old at this point. And he had to walk out his faith. Died when maybe around 60 years old. And he writes these words probably 15 to 20 years after his conversion. He's been working, working on his faith. And he comes to this passage in 2 Corinthians. Rather, a servants of God. And he's talking about the journey of a transformed life. As servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger, in purity and understanding, patience and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand, and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report, good report, Genuine, yet regarded as imposters. Known, yet regarded as unknown. Dying, and yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything. I, 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 such a powerful 
passage because it's about a transformed life. It's about the journey to not only having an encounter and a transformed heart, to living it out for the rest of your lives in blessings and in testings, in trials and breakthroughs. We need that I am Jesus moment. You need it. Something happens in your heart. I know for some it's a little more gradual, but for many of us in this room, we had an encounter with Jesus. But we also need a life of discipleship that leads to a transformed life. In every season, in every moment, in everything. Yes, tell your testimony. But even more powerful, tell the story of how God has led you through the whole of your life. And I want to just look in this transformation, this, this change, and look at four areas that Paul lived in after this encounter. Four things that happened to him after he'd had the I am Jesus moment that led to a transformed life. I think firstly, he experienced transformation in his devotion. And here we are in Philippians. He writes this, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. He was transformed throughout that discipleship in his devotion to Jesus. Jesus was at the core of Paul's life. And he talks about prayer and intimacy with God. You need your I am Jesus moment, your testimony, your story. This is what the Lord did for me. This is where he met with me. This is what happened to me. You need that moment. But there's something now that in my faith, 37 years later, that is even more powerful, if I could say that, of a transformed life, walking it out. He was transformed in his devotion, his devotion. For us, prayer and intimacy at the core of our lives with God. I was chatting to Luke this week, just on the second row here. And I was asking him, how do you get to a free life where you not only have a, a moment, but you get to a place where you can live out freedom? And he said something to me, which I've been thinking about this week. He says, from his experience, only by staying in the word, by staying in the promises of God, by staying in what God says, can you live that kind of life? Do you have a chance of that kind of life? A love of the Bible. A love of what God says. A regular reading. I write in my Bible and I make notes in my Bible. If you go through it, you'll see what God's been saying to me in my devotional life. And in the New Testament, I've just got to the end of Revelation. I've gone back. I've got to read Luke's gospel and then John's gospel. And then that I'll start again with the New Testament. I'm working my way through the Old Testament. I'm doing that all my all my life. Transformation in devotion. The need to be with others. I've never met anyone that can do faith on their own long term. You need others. You say, well, the Holy Spirit's enough. Yeah, he is. But he also draws you into fellowship with others so that you can encourage them and they can encourage you. Iron sharpening iron, helping, supporting. That's why the church family is so important. It's why gathering in a context like this as the body of Christ to be together. 
transformation in devotion over a life, allowing him to speak and move and change, responding to things. I often am in a context where someone will say something, and I think, I'm going to do a bit of work on that in my own life. That's great. I'm going to change in that. That's so powerful. Transformation in devotion. But also Paul knew transformation in the decisions he made. And here we are in Corinthians, it's on the screen. It says, to the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. His life illustrates the journey to place Jesus at the center of all of our decisions. It starts with the I am Jesus moment. I'm deciding to follow Jesus. But it then outworks through our lives by continually choosing to place him first. And it's so powerful. As some of you in the room have been uh, Jesus followers for maybe 50 or 60 years. And you know that you still have to today choose to walk with him. I have a rhythm that leads me to devotion. I have a rhythm that means I think about him so much of the day, but I still make choices to place Jesus at the center of everything. Because faith is not an add-on. For me, I'm, I'm, you know, I love football. I, I enjoy food. Uh, I, I like certain things uh, on television. And I, you know, I enjoy this. I, oh, and I'm also, I follow Jesus. Faith is not an add-on. It is at the very core of who I am as a person. And whenever I talk to another person, whenever I have a conversation, reflect, uh, one of our neighbours brought us a squash. I'm still, still not quite worked out what to do with a squash. They're very difficult to peel and cut up, but I'm not complaining. Very grateful for that. Uh, and he brought that. And every time I see Pete, I'm, I, he's a brilliant neighbour. I went to him this week because I borrowed a toolbox from somebody who I... And, I made a mistake. I couldn't shut the lid. I thought I'd broken the lid. I tried everything. I couldn't do it. And so eventually I carried this round to my neighbor, Pete, who looked at it, fiddled with it, moved something and shut it. He mends everything. He's been round to our house when I've had water gushing out the dishwasher, when I've made a mistake by drilling the wrong thing. By I'm, I'm very, very loved by God, but practical skills in the area of DIY are not my greatest gift. But he can do anything. He can mend anything. But when I talk to him, I always want to get there with Jesus with it. Because although he's got all these practical skills, there's something about Jesus I want to tell him about. The journey of introducing Jesus to every area of our lives, that we have integrity like Jesus, love like Jesus, honesty like Jesus, generosity like Jesus, serving and compassion like Jesus, commitment like Jesus. You know, when I walk with him, I encounter grace and love and mercy. And yet his presence also impacts my life to live a life of integrity. That what you see is what you get. That when you meet me or when I meet you, this is the real deal. To tell the truth and not exaggerate. To forgive those who hurt us. To let our yes be yes and our no be no. To be humble, teachable, others-centered. And if you find yourself talking about yourself too much when you talk with another person, tweak it a little and talk about them a little bit more. 
giving of my resources to him. It's all part of a changed life. It's all part of being transformed in my decisions, serving others, loving the poor, caring for the vulnerable, loving God with all my heart. I read a story yesterday I found so powerful from Premier News. And let me just read it to you. This week, a disqualified drink driver who had driven into another car, killing a church volunteer, was jailed. Ryan McClory was 35, three times over the limit, driving at 60 mile an hour in a 30 mile an hour zone in Gorton when the incident happened on the 5th of December 2022. He admitted causing death by dangerous driving at Manchester Crown Court. Postgraduate student Lewis Doobie, 25, was studying for a master's degree. He'd been returning from an evening at Christian Revival Church in Manchester, where he was a volunteer. He was in the car that was struck by McClory, and he died in hospital later that night. According to the Crown Prosecution Service, McClory had been drinking all day, had taken diazepam, and was dis already disqualified from driving following a recent drink driving conviction. The CPS said there was no evidence to indicate that he applied the brakes or attempted to reduce speed before the collision. And in a victim statement read to the court, Mr. Doobie's mother said that her son Lewis was not only her son, but he was also the spiritual giant of their house. I now have a hole in my heart, she said, that no one can ever fill. But she then added that she hoped that McClaw's family could help him find a meaningful purpose in his life. And she said, I sincerely release my pain of losing my son by giving forgiveness to you. My heart breaks for you as a family because you've lost your son to a prison cell and I am deeply sorry for your loss. Wow. Transformation by decision. Doesn't mean we don't hurt. Transformation in doctrine. Paul was probably one of the most educated scholars in the Bible. Trained from an early age. He called himself a Hebrew of Hebrews. And yet he was transformed in his life when he encountered Jesus. It just says here in Ephesians 6, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the word of God in your life. Encouraging to walk in good doctrine. And this is what happened to Paul. But our journey is the same. What does God say? Now, we love people with all our hearts as a house. And we welcome people. And we serve through our ministries and our compassion work people of all different backgrounds. And we try and serve them without discrimination and without judgment. And we also know that there are different views. And yet, in our house, we hold to the truth that we believe. That Jesus is the only way to be right with God. And there's no other way. Only him. For us, that sexual intimacy in the Bible is only found between a husband and a wife within marriage. That heaven is not a guarantee, but it's a choice we make by inviting only Jesus into our lives. That the Bible is the finished, complete word of God and is unchanging. 
we're transformed in our doctrine. You know, what I believe as a follower of Jesus must be influenced and formed through what he says in the Bible. And sometimes, church, what we may hold to is unpopular. So what do we do? We love everyone. We care for everyone. When we get an opportunity to show compassion to somebody, we do. This week, in your church, one church, dozens of people have been given food, clothing, care, support, furniture, training, have been loved and prayed for. Children, young people, students have been given the best programs we can do. Small groups around the city have opened their coffee and biscuit tin to others. There's been care and love. But sometimes we hold on to our truth, not because it's comfortable, but because it's right. Paul was transformed in his doctrine. And I think lastly, Paul was transformed in his desire. He went from this being, let's kill Christians, to at the end of his life, 30 years later, saying from 2 Timothy, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. For us, faith can lead to a transformed life. And we need, like for Paul, walking all these years, Jesus first, Lord of everything, seeking first his will. He's Lord of my life. He is my everything. This is the journey of a transformed life. Yes, an I am Jesus moment. Some of you may find that in the next couple of minutes. But then all of us outworking our faith, a transformation in our devotion, a transformation in the decisions we make, a transformation in our doctrine and a transformation in our desires to place him first. And I love this journey. And as for me today, and this message is being shared all across all the different seven services in five different sites today. As for me, I'm saying, Lord, keep changing me to be more and more like Jesus. Just like us to pray and ask you some questions. You know, have you been introduced to Jesus yet? Have you been introduced to Jesus? Do you know him for yourself? You know, and maybe from that, are you walking in the truth and being transformed? I love grace. Listen, have you fallen over this week? It's all right, you can get up. Have you got some regrets in your heart today? Okay, you can come to him, examine your heart. Lord, I'm sorry, keep walking. Are we willing to keep learning in our devotion and our decisions, our doctrine, our desires? I love that passage that said out, outwardly we might be wasting away, but inwardly we are being renewed, changed, transformed. So just in an application here in his presence. Will you pause and just remember how much you are loved. How much you are loved. Listen, whatever's in your head, try and just focus on that one thing. I am loved 
by the God of the universe. Just think about it for your life. Remember how much you were loved. I just wonder in this room whether there's someone who perhaps doesn't know Jesus or perhaps you're just feeling a long way from him today. I would love to give you an opportunity to have your either the first or another I am Jesus moment. This is where Paul started. It's where his life began to change. His heart was transformed. Perhaps you need a moment like that. I'm going to pray a prayer. Why don't we all just pray this prayer out loud as well. Why don't we all say this? Thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for me. I come to you today and I acknowledge that there is sin in my life. There are wrong things in my heart. Thank you that you're willing to change me. I come to the cross. I say sorry for my sin. And I invite you, Jesus, into my life. I give you me. Come and transform my heart today, right now. And just why we're just in God's presence here. If you've prayed that prayer either for the first time or perhaps as a recommitment today, I'd love just to pray a prayer of blessing over you. All I'm going to ask you to do in a minute is put your hand up. And God will see and I'll see and we'll just pray for you. So if you pray that prayer for the first time, you want this, a transformed heart, you know, you know if that's you here. Just put your hand up now and say, that's me. I've prayed that prayer this morning. I want that to be in my life. Yeah. Anybody else? Just raise a hand. That's great. Anyone else? Go and lift it high if that's you, if you've prayed that this morning. Yeah, fantastic. Father, I pray for these three or so people here that they might know right now that you're doing a work in their hearts. Oh God, by the power of the Spirit, may they have an I am Jesus moment and encounter. Meet them where they are, we pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We'd love to just be able to just give you a a bit of a booklet and pray with you at the ends if you were there. there. But what about the rest of us? What about a transformed life? Are you willing again today to say, in my devotion, I'm going to keep walking. My decisions, I'm going to keep them at the center. In my doctrine, I'm going to stay in the Bible and love people and walk in His Word. And your desires, I want to place Jesus first. Well, why don't we stand together, all of us in the room, and just make that your prayer right now. Just say, Lord, come and do something fresh in my heart today. Thank you, Pastor David, for that wonderful message. Remember, if you'd like to receive prayer or respond to anything from the message, we're here for you and you can get in touch. Now let's hear about what's coming up in the life of One Church. It's time for our family news. Yesterday in our sights, We had an opportunity to pray for the events going on in Turkey and Syria and space to give to the emergency aid. 
If you'd still like to give to that, go to our website and you can do that there. Coming up this Friday is United YA at the Too Funky Music Cafe with time to worship and encounter God with churches from all over our city at 7pm. From the 21st to the 23rd of February, it is Schools Out, a great time to serve the local communities of children and families. If you'd like to get involved and help, get in contact and come and join us. And if not, be praying for us. And finally, on the 26th of February, in number 12 at 7pm, we have our next encounter night, a time for worship, prayer and going deeper into the presence of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.